Good morning. Oh, so good to see you here today. I'm, I'm very excited about today. We're kicking off our 40 days of prayer. Did you get a book? Everybody who has a book, hold it up. Hold your book up. Okay. All right. That's not everybody. All right. Well, I, need, I need a couple of friends to come up here and help me. The books are here on the front pew. And uh, if you did not get a book, thank you, Joseph. And uh, each one of each day has a, a short devotional, some scripture, and a prayer. So we're all going to be on the same page, I guess you would say. Tomorrow, Monday, we're going to begin our 40 days of prayer with this devotional book. So uh, keep that with you wherever you go when you have your devotions, that kind of thing. And uh, we'll continue our prayer time in, in uh, the church Every Sunday during the invitation, we'll have a time the church can come forward to pray here at the altar. I think that's important. It, it shows the church, it shows God, it shows the enemy that we are committing ourselves to following the Lord. And we're going to do that through prayer. Our 4 o'clock Tuesday meeting will continue and you can have prayer there in your home. Thirdly, I'm asking each and every church member, uh, anyone who would. To take at least one day in these 40 days to fast. Now it can be a partial fast. It can be a total fast. Um, by that total fast. Like you would take one day and, and go without eating uh, food. Taking in food. Partial fast may be something that is very precious to you. And, and you say I'm not going to drink Diet Coke for a day or for 40 days. Or however long the Lord leads you to do that. I, I say Diet Coke because that's me. But. It could be coffee. Now, here's the thing. When you when you fast, let's say you're going to fast lunch one day, and, and you say, Lord, I'm going to give it. Don't, don't take that time and go for a walk so you can forget that you're hungry. Take that time to pray. The time that you would prepare the food, the time that you would eat the food, the time you would clean up. You would take that time to pray for the church. Pray in those 40 days of prayer. Same thing with the total fast or the partial fast. You know, when you're jonesing for your coffee. Take that as a, as a reminder, I need to pray. When the hunger pangs hit, that's when I need to pray. So think about that. Ask the Lord. That's going to be between you and God, what you decide to do. And, of course, there's a lot to pray about. Unity in the church, a desire to see souls one to the Lord. Pray for our committee on committees. Now, they're the ones who are choosing our pastor search committee, so we want to pray for them to have wisdom and discernment, pick the right people, and then we want to pay, pray for the pastor search committee in the days to come that they'll find the, the right man for our church, pray for our church staff, our support staff, you got the list there in your bulletin, I left a lot of spaces there for you to um, add to that prayer list, but today we're going to talk about prayer, I mean why not, why wouldn't we talk about prayer when we're kicking off our 40 days of prayer, we're going to be in James chapter 4. And in James chapter 4, we have three types of prayer. 
Well, more importantly than that, God shows us that there are four types of people who pray. The four types of, three types of prayer are unasked prayer, then there's the unanswered prayer, and then unhindered prayer. Well, I want you to concentrate on the type of people who pray in that way. In other words, the unasked prayer is done by a struggling person. Then we have the unanswered prayer, that is a prayer done by a selfish person. And then, of course, the unhindered prayer is asked by a spiritual person. So as we continue through this message, I want to ask you to ask yourself two questions. Number one, what type of praying person am I? And secondly, what type of praying person do I want to become? See, as we go through these 40 days of prayer, if we're going to go into this 40 days of prayer and not pray, that's not going to do us any good. But if we go into it unanswered prayer of the selfish man praying, God, do what I want done, it's also not going to be answered. So think about what kind of person do I want to become? What kind of prayer person will you be? Struggling? Trying to do it on your own? Will you be selfish and pray that you get your way? Or will you pray a spiritual prayer, God's will be done? We're going to see that God gives us a very specific set of rules on how to pray. These are established laws of prayer. So I'm going to invite you to stand, if you will. We're going to read James chapter 4, verses 1 through 10. This, this passage is so eye-opening. James chapter 4, verses 1 through 10. What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire to, you desire and you do not have, so you murder. You covet and you cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your own passions. You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you suppose it is to no purpose that the scripture says he yearns jealously over the spirit that he may be made to dwell in us? But he gives more grace. Therefore, it says God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord. And he will exalt you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do just humbly bow before you, God. And we ask that you would be with First Baptist Church, helping us in the, in the future. We ask that you would 
Do everything according to your will. We bind the powers of darkness in the name of Jesus. We ask you, God, to be the light that we need in these days. And this is our prayer in Jesus' name, for his sake and glory. Amen. You may be seated. Let's look at these three types of prayer. First of all, we said there's the unasked prayer. Now, G James pictures a man who is struggling. Struggling to get what he wants under his own power. But he fails to ask God. Just think about what is said there in verses 1 and 2. Clearly, this person who is trying to get something under his own power. And he uses things like quarrels, fighting, murder to get what he wants. You know, I find that verse very frightening. But on the other hand, I know that it's very true. A person will resort to do whatever it takes to get what they want. There are people who will throw a coworker under the bus just to get the promotion, just to get recognized. You know that's true. There are, there are husbands and wives who quarrel over their finances because, well, why did you have to buy that dress? Or why did you have to buy that, uh, that tractor? Why did you? Because now I can't have what I want. And we fight. The number one cause of arguments in, in a marriage is money. Not that we don't have it, it's where we spend it. So we quarrel. And, and you know what? The loudest one wins the fight. That's so wrong. Would a person actually resort to murder? Our text says murder? Really? Murder? Well, how many times have you heard a robbery in progress? Someone was shot and killed. Yes. It happens. It happens too often. The sin of this person is lust and covetousness. And you know that thou shalt not covet is the last of the Ten Commandments that God gave us. And this is the one sin, when we break it, we can break all the other nine. Covetous can make a person murder, tell lies, dishonor the parents, commit adultery. In one way or another, violate all of God's moral law people who are at war with themselves it's because of that lustful desire that they have they're always going to be unhappy people they'll never be able to enjoy life instead of being thankful for the blessings that they have they complain about the blessings that they don't have they cannot get along with other people because they are always just envying what that other person has whether it's in their marriage, in their garage, or in the shed, they're, they're, they're envying what you have. And they're always looking for that magic something, that magic pill that, that will change their lives. When the real problem is within their own hearts. And so many who are listening to this message have needs that are being unmet. And simply because they have not come to God, they have not invited him to come and be a part of their life. And if you're asking for things in God's will, beloved, you can expect God to hear your prayer and answer your prayer. God doesn't want you to try to do it by yourself. You have to ask about God. There was a little boy and his, his daddy out in the backyard. They were moving some stuff around the yard. There was a big rock. And the little boy said, Daddy, I got this one. And he's trying to move it. He could barely get it to budge at all. And the dad's just chuckling at him, and he says, Now, son, are you using all your strength? And he says, Yes, daddy, I'm using all my strength. He said, No, son, you're not, because you haven't asked me for help. 
Oh, beloved, don't you understand? God the Father is just hanging over your life. And he says, why don't you come to me? Why don't you ask of me? We say, I'm, I'm doing all everything with my strength. But God is our strength. You have not because you ask not. God forbid that we should struggle to try to do what is before this church. Try to do it ourselves. Try to do it in, in the way that the world would do it. Or try to do it in the way that man would do it. We have to come to God humbly asking him for his will. Let's move on. We see, secondly, the unanswered prayer of a selfish man. They pray, but their prayers are not answered. Verse 3 says, you ask, but you do not receive. And here's why. Because you ask wrongly to spend it on your own passions. Some people have prayers that are not answered, never will be, because they're asking of their own desire. To spend it on their own passion. That is, asking for the wrong thing with the wrong motive. In verse 4, God associates that kind of prayer with adultery. Because what we're doing when we pray for my way, for what I want, we're praying for the lusts of the flesh. And we're asking God to give us a bigger or better or a prettier or whatever. And God's not going to be there for that. When we pray selfish prayers... To, to get our way instead of praying God's will to get his way, you're choosing the world's way of doing things. You're choosing the things that are of the world and in the world. Beloved, we are the bride of Christ. You know that. We are the bride of Christ. He is our bridegroom. So since we are his bride, we are to be true to him. And this world is the idol that we worship today. And the world's like a harlot that would just steal away our love, steal away our time, steal away our focus from the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we flirt with the world, or we run with the world, with all of the world's ambitions, ideas, and desires, they take lodging in your heart, and you cannot expect God then to answer our prayers because we're not asking according to his will you see there are prayers that are unasked there are also prayers that are unanswered there is the unasked prayer of the struggling man but there is the unanswered prayer of the selfish man a man whose motives are not pure who wants God to answer prayer that he might spend it on his own passion his own lust his own desire I want it done my way in my timing. So many people think God is, is some cosmic gopher. You know, we come to him with a list. And that's our prayer time. We, we come and we say, God, I need this. I need this. I want you to do this. And, and I need it. I need it by lunchtime today. So, Lord, if you would. And, and then we become so discouraged in our prayer life because God's not answering our prayer. God's not answering our prayer. So we become discouraged. And we quit praying. Look back over your prayer life. And see if this is not the way that you have been praying. It is not the kind of prayer that God is going to answer. So the two that we've looked at, they're kind of negative. But the third one is the positive. The unhindered prayer 
of a spiritual man. Your prayers ought not to be hindered. It ought to be normal for you to have God answering your prayers. Someone comes to me and says, hey, Brother Bill, you believe it or not, God answered my prayer. Really? That's how you feel. It ought to be unusual that God's not answering your prayer. It ought to be the normal, everyday occurrence for God to be answering your prayer. So God gives us five rules to pray. To get our prayers answered. The first rule is simply that we are to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Paul said in Ephesians 6, 18 that we are to be praying always and all supplication, prayer and supplication in the Spirit. In the Spirit. So what is praying in the Spirit? We, we shy away from that. We've seen some videos of people who were praying in the Spirit and they fall out laughing or barking like dogs and you know, crazy things. That's not what praying in the Spirit is about. Praying in the Spirit is, is allowing the Holy Spirit of God lead you in your prayer, to dictate your prayers, to direct your prayers. Letting the Holy Spirit energize your prayer life. Letting God's Holy Spirit move us to pray. Do you find it difficult to pray? There are, there are times in your life where you just, prayer feels like a drudgery. You almost got to force yourself to, to go and to pray. I can tell you why. It's no secret. It's because we've been trying to pray in the flesh. And when we do that, our, our flesh doesn't like to play, to pray. Remember what Jesus said to the disciples? He was in the Garden of Gethsemane. He was about to be betrayed. He was praying intensely in the garden. He had asked the disciples to to wait and pray. He comes back, finds them asleep, and he said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. See, the flesh doesn't want to pray. And, and so if, if we're a carnal Christian, we're, we're going to find prayer drudgery. But if we are a spirit-filled Christian, spirit-led Christian, you're going to find prayer is a delight. We need to have a sensitivity to the Spirit of God. Let me give you a second rule. When there's a sensitivity to the Spirit, there's going to be a submission to the Father. Look at verse 6. He says, but he gives more grace. Therefore, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. No longer be proud like that man that we talked about who fights and wars and schemes and desires to have but cannot obtain. Come to God and say, God, I can't do it. Lord, I, I just cast myself upon you. I'm unable to do it myself. Lord, help. That's humbling yourself. Guys, we know a lot about that. We don't like to say we need help, do we? I can do it. Don't worry. We, we need to set that aside and say, Lord, I want your will to be done. I submit to you. Prayer is not some way that we talk to God to bend his will to fit our will. Prayer is not to exercise an exercise where we, we talk God into something that he would normally not want to do. Prayer is simply submitting to the will of God. Our world got into a lot of trouble in a place called the Garden of Eden. Adam, the first Adam, the first man, he said, not, my, not thy will be done, but my will be done. 
and he took of the fruit, he ate, and he sinned. But the second Adam, the Lord Jesus Christ, in another garden, at another time, said, not my will be done, but thy will be done. And he set the example for us all. Jesus taught us if we're going to get our prayers answered, we're to pray our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. It's not about me. It's all about what God wants. Are you willing to pray that way? If you are, then 1 John 5.14 is a promise for you. It says, and this is the confidence that we have toward him that if we ask anything according to his will, he will hear us. So many of us are wanting God just to rubber stamp our ambition, our own desires, our ways. We don't wait for the Lord. We don't seek the Lord. We don't, we don't let God's word abide in us and we're not abiding in him. We just come marching into his presence and, and we have our shopping list and we demand that God answer our prayer. Beloved, we need to learn how to pray the will of God. We have to surrender to him. We have to submit ourselves to the Father. So we have to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. We need to be submissive to the Father, but also there ought to be a standing against the devil. Verse 7 says, Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Anybody who has ever tried to pray has known the enemy is going to attack in your prayer time. It's true. You endeavor to pray, and your, your whole household will erupt. The kids will start a fight. The telephone's going to ring. Someone's going to come to the door. You, you say, well, I, I'm going to get into my prayer closet. You go in there and shut the door, and the devil comes in through the keyhole, comes in th under the door, and, and he begins, you begin to, to think silly things. I, I'm honest. We, we think the silliest things when we're trying to pray. Did I lock the door? Is that oven on? Hadn't been cooked in two days, but, you know, I'm going to have that silly thought. I wish my neighbors would, would quit using the radio so loud. I can hear it right now. We, we just get the silliest thoughts in our minds when we're, we're supposed to be praying foolish things. Or your mind goes wandering about what you need to do. I need to mow the yard. I need to go shopping. And you find yourself almost... Praying at one level and thinking at another level, beloved, that's the enemy. Prayer is warfare. And you know why the devil opposes God's people praying? Because it's going to move heaven to answer your prayers. The devil says, do whatever you want, just don't, don't include the power of God. And that's why we're told in prayer to resist the devil. And he will flee from you. Another rule is that there must be separation from sin. That's in verse 8. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And he talks about confession. Cleanse your hands. Purify your hearts. He calls us sinners, double-minded. We have defiled hands, dirty hearts, double minds. That's not a way to get your prayer answered. We're to be lifting up holy hands to God. Cleanse your hands. Confess your sin. It's no deep, dark secret that um, God is not going to answer prayers 
from a sinful heart. The Bible says your sins have separated between you and your God. And your iniquities have hid his face from you that he will not hear. The Bible says in Psalm 66, 18, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. It's not that he cannot, it's that he will not. Parents, you have your kids come down and say, uh, we, we want to go to Dairy Queen. Let's go get some ice cream. You say, okay, the only thing I want you to do, go up to your room, pick up all your toys, pick up all your clothes, clean up your room a little bit. Half an hour later, they come down. Daddy, are we going to Dairy Queen? Did you pick up your clothes? No. Clean up your room? No. No, we're not going to Dairy Queen. It's just as simple as that. That's how God is talking to us. He's saying, have you cleaned your heart? Have you confessed your sin? Hey, as soon as you do, I will hear you. If we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Cleanse your hands. Purify your hearts. That's what we're called to do. And do you know where we get dirty hands, defiled hearts, double minds? We get it from living in the world. That's why we need a separation from this world. And we need a confession of sin. So where there's a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, there has to be a submission to the Father. We need to have a standing against the devil, and we need a separation from sin. And one last rule, a soberness of purpose. Another reason that our prayers are not answered is that sometimes our prayers are half-hearted, giddy, frivolous, easy-spoken, soon forgotten. Too often our, our prayers are without purpose. We just rattle off a little, now I lay me down to sleep. God bless this food to my body. And sometimes we don't even get them done at the right time. We pray the food one at bedtime. And thank you for that chuckle. In verse 9, we're told to mourn, to weep. He's talking about prayer. Let your laughter be turned to mourning, your joy to gloom. Humble yourself before the Lord, verse 10, and he will exalt you. It's time for us to get serious about prayer. Prayer involves a brokenness. Prayer involves a weeping. One of the reasons that we fast, we talked about that a minute ago, when we fast, it's not that we can earn God's favor and it's not going to give us a special blessing by fasting. But what fasting does is it lets heaven know that we mean business. That we're serious about this matter of getting our prayers answered. So this morning I'm calling for this body of believers to come before God in repentance. To come to him in prayer. I ask you at the beginning of this message to answered two questions. What kind of person of prayer are you? I hope that you can answer that and be honest with God. But I want you to really answer that second question. What kind of prayer person do you want to become? And I hope that you will say today that you want to be a person who has unhindered prayers. That you'll be that spiritual man, that spiritual woman who will take this time of prayer for our church seriously. This is a very important day in the life of our church. Will you say today 
that you will dedicate yourself, your time, your energy to praying for the future of First Baptist Church. By your affirmation, you're saying that I'm going to take this booklet, this 40 days of prayer booklet. I'm going to join together in prayer for First Baptist Church. You're going to say, I'm going to commit to pray daily for our church unity, for our direction, for our wisdom, for our discernment, for our fellowship, so that we can see a future for First Baptist Church. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to humble ourselves before you. And God, take seriously this matter of prayer. I ask you, Lord, to be with every member, every visitor who will say that they will pray. I pray that you would hear their, their affirmation, their commitment, that they're going to take this time of 40 days and they're going to join together in unifying prayer. Lord, minister your grace and peace to our church. We ask that you'd build a hedge of protection around all these that are in this room, all that hear this message, all that make this affirmation. I pray that you would protect them, watch over them, and God, lead us to do your will in your time, and we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. In a moment, we're going to stand together and we, we have an invitation every Sunday, and we talk about if you want to know Jesus as your Savior, we're here to help you with that. If you want to join the church, we're also here to help you with that. But in these 40 days, as we've been doing, I'm going to invite you to come. But this morning...